Thank you for tuning in to listen to this sermon from the Ville Church. To find out more about us and our weekly scheduled services, please visit theville.church. All right, so it says this. It says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Thank you, brother. One is good. All right, thank you. All right, okay, then. Thank you. Give it up for Danny Dan. All right. So, starts off like this right there, right here. So, Paul is, te- Paul is telling Timothy to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, right? He's giving them two imperatives in the scriptures I just read to you. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and share in the sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, right? What he's telling them straight off the bat before he gives them his push of being a soldier, he says, strengthen yourself, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He's basically saying, look at the cross, rehearse the cross, wash yourself with the cross. I feel like I say this quote all the time to people and I'm like, yo, you know, like when they're going through stuff, I'm like, yo, you need to immerse yourself in in Jesus, in the cross, in the gospel. And I feel like people are like, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's cool. But I don't feel like they don't always get what I'm saying. And so Paul is actually saying that to him. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, right? Let me read something to you. Ephesians 1.7 says this right here. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The riches of God's grace. Listen to what's in this this statement right here. We have redemption. We have his blood. We have forgiveness. And then we have sins. And then we have this mountain of God's grace. Right? So when I talk about, when when, when, when he's talking about strengthening yourself, He is talking about immersing yourself in the story of the gospel and your position in it, right? The fact that you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, right? That you you have have sinned and are in need of forgiveness and that you do sin, right? And then he says there's these riches of the grace of God. He's telling He's telling Timothy, like, this is where you get your muscles up at, looking in the face of the gospel. But there's this thing where it's like, you you can't appreciate it if you take out any of those pieces. So if you walk around every day and you're oblivious to the fact that you sin, then you miss this place where you can actually go deeper with God, right? All of us, we make mistakes every day. We may sin against people or we watch TV and we look at people on the media, the news going in each other's throat. It's that, see, preaching that power. You already know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Over here knocking walls down up here. All right. But you see people going at each other all the time and we're watching this. We're sitting. We're sitting beholding this every day. It's an opportunity when you look at the news and you go, 
man, this person is an idiot and they are perpetuating lies. Why do they always pull the race card on this? Why is this elitist crap going on here? Oh, they think they're so moral. All of these things, right? It's an opportunity for you to sit and rehearse the gospel for yourself because of what you're going through and judging them and also an opportunity for you to rehearse the gospel for them, right? So when, when Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, strengthen yourself, and then in the next part, he's about to tell him, like, sharing sufferings as a good soldier. If you're going to engage in those conversations, we're just using this TV thing for an example. If you're going to engage in those conversations, either you're going to show up and go, you are a bad person, or you're going to be strengthened in this gospel that comes and lavishes them with the love of God. But you ain't going to show up with that if you ain't been doing your exercises first, looking deeply into the gospel. Do you get where I'm coming from? You have to understand this right here. In this context, Paul is sitting in a jail cell. He's talking to Timothy, right? It puts a whole nother story on what is actually happening here. So Paul is sitting in there suffering bound in chains, and he's telling Timothy, like, homie, you got to get to it. You got to go after it. Young son, this is what it is. This is what it takes. There's no other recipe here, and you'll see that as we keep going. But... You, you put your face in the gospel, all right? So just off the top, he's talking to him about being responsible with the calling that he has on his life, okay? And he's telling him that that calling involves him, he has to strengthen himself by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, okay? Do y'all get where I'm coming from? This is so important. This is where you stop trusting in yourself and you, and you yield to the fact that the word in the gospel is powerful, and as we behold it, it actually transforms us, right? Because if we're looking for some other recipe besides that, it's not going to go well. This is what the Bible's telling us. It's in the, the power is in the gospel. It's in the, power, the work of Jesus Christ, right? M.O.K. said this right here. He said, by opening your, our lives to God in Christ, we become new creatures, this experience, which Jesus spoke of as the new birth, is essential if we are to be transformed nonconformists. Only through an inner spiritual transformation do we gain the strength to fight vigorously the evils of the world in a humble and loving spirit. All right? So Paul says, strengthen yourself. Then he says, mount up soldier, right? says, strengthen yourself, then he says, mount up, soldier. Well, we forget sometimes God is a good God. He gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding, right? We don't make room for our own peace. Like, that's not the goal of our life as believers. We don't, we don't try to protect ourselves from the battle because the identity he's given us is that we're soldiers. So the battle is home for us, right? The battle is actually home for us. But the battle... It's a gift. And the reason it's a gift, because it requires the power of God. It requires the power, power of God to engage it, right? Me and Phil were just talking this week, and we, just had, we, we, we were involved in some meetings and some situations or whatever, and um, some of it had a, a, a racial tone. It wasn't... It wasn't um, malicious at all, but just the conversation that happened, some of the realities about where we sit in this world 
and the way it plays in this race thing, the way it felt in my heart, this type of conversation somebody might sit through and go home and not mean anything. For me, it completely stole my peace when I went home. And I was at a war in my heart all week. And when I saw Phil the next day after, because we didn't discuss that, I said, bro, how'd you feel about that? He's like, I said, bro, it's been killing me. Like, I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even function. But then we were talking. And we were talking, and in one of the statements we said, I said, man, I said, it's so hard. Sometimes you just want to run, but it's actually a gift from God because it makes you have to get on your knees, right? I'm not saying that I don't ever want to run out here and just mow somebody down and choke them and everything else. I do because that's my sin nature. Sometimes I'm actually utterly just as racist as the people that I'm talking about. Because that is my sin nature, right? And so I get mad. Then I finally hear myself, by the grace of God, I'm like, so what, what's the difference between you and the people you're mad at? The devil just done drug out who you are, put you on front street. Where else do I got to go but to the foot of the cross with it? It's a gift. The battle isn't what you run from, it's what you run to. Because the sweet part, the sweet thing that God is doing, he's in the battle waiting. Some of us think we're experiencing God, but we're missing out so hard because we're trying to play the back or play this safe place. And God is like, homie, I'm out here ready to act crazy. Let's get to it. Like mount up. Right. So the gift, the, the battle is a gift. And nothing in this world can save us from the anguish that this world is going to cause inside of you. Nothing. But but the but this hope and this eternal glory. Right. Because we will be with them and reign forever. Y'all know that? That will happen. So we rest in that. And the fact that we're just as guilty as everybody that we're mad at and his blood has covered our sins. That's where the peace that surpasses understanding comes. And this power that happens in those moments, right? Ephesians 2.8 says this. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. And one of the things God is sculpting is a soldier, whether you like it or not, right? And you're going to see as we keep on reading Paul is going to bring Timothy to this, homie, you're the in or you're out type of deal. That's what it is. There's, there's, there's no position in this walk as being a believer where you're not a soldier in it. A soldier for you might look different. It doesn't mean, you know, don't start to articulate this inside of your own mind. Like, oh, it means I need to go run in the streets and go save everybody. No, it may mean you need to be in corporate America loving Miss Johnson whose kid just committed suicide. That's for you to find your calling with God or whatever. But it means that you're submitted to the king, right? It means you're submitted to the king and what he wants, right? So verse 3 says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ. What he's saying is, stay in the hot part of the battle, right? The hot part. Not where American Christianity has turned into this thing where it's all about just comfort, Right? Man, I went to Washington, D.C. three times this, excuse me, two times this year, and we're sitting in meetings with everybody. After a while, you start feeling like people actually meet. 
to talk about what needs to happen out in the hot part of the battle, but that's actually the function. We don't actually do something, we actually just meet about it. That's how I started feeling about the politics and the game or whatever, right? There's some people who have good, you know, good intentions, but that's what you start to feel like. And I feel like the church has often, that we kind of maneuver through that. We talk, it's like the Good Samaritan story. We stand across the street and talk about what's going on and preach things about it. But man, your, your best perspective is going to be standing next to your, your man in a puddle of blood. That's where you're going to know what's really, really up. So he's saying share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ because it'll keep you sober. It'll keep you sober and it'll keep you thirsty and it'll keep you dependent on the power of God, right? MLK said this right here. He said, like the early Christians, we must move into a sometime hostile world armed with the revolutionary gospel of Jesus Christ. With this powerful gospel, we shall boldly challenge the status quo. We don't need to just challenge what's in the streets. We need to challenge what's in the church, Right? So we need to challenge what's in the church. All right, so last week I said this, Jonah 2, uh, 8. You don't have to go there. But he said, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. So for America, the vain idol is comfort and self-righteousness, right? For comfort, we will trample our brothers and sisters to the ground. All right? We will trample them to the ground. And for our self-righteousness... We will trample God to the ground because we refuse to repent and come before him and go, you're right, falling short. We won't do it. But that's not the gospel. We have the gospel, right? 2 Timothy 1.5 says this. says, I am reminded. This is, what, this, is what Paul, this is what Paul is setting it off in the beginning talking to Timothy, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. It says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Right? He's telling them to step in the hostile territory. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Proclaim the gospel because the gospel is the power, right? He says, gift of God, spirit. He says, power twice. And he's basically saying to him, Timothy, the flesh is incapable of accomplishing this work. It's incapable. So he's not even playing that game with them. He's not telling them, you're a good guy. He's not saying, man, he's not giving him a, you know, let's go win the battle speech. He's saying, God's won the battle, and your power to do so is in him. It's in the work of Christ. Verse 7, he said, For God gave us not, God, excuse me, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You know, I've told y'all this story before, and I'm a repeat story offender 
of course. So I'm going to tell you again. But I remember one day I was sitting at home and I was watching this documentary on Martin Luther King. And um, he was marching with a bunch of people. He was linked with black people, white people, um, every color in between. And they're on the front lines and they're walking, right? And he has this massive crowd behind him. And they're walking near an officer, um, and, well, they're surrounded by officers, and then somebody shoots this shotgun off. Boom! Right? Everybody drops to the floor. Martin Luther King goes like this and comes straight back up, and then, like, and then everybody's like, like, in that moment, I realize he's already made the decision that if I got to catch this bullet, then so be it. It made me look at him different from that point on, just that one scene right there. Because every time I saw him sitting in a jail cell, wherever he was, I, I knew this wasn't nothing cute. I knew his life was on the line, and I knew that he knew his life was on the line. When I saw him with his kids and holding his babies, I was like, this guy has to digest the fact that this can go any day, and he wakes up to go after it. There has to be something inside of him. What is fueling him? What's, what's pushing? It's the power of God. It's the power of God. We usually assume that people are just brave. Maybe some people are. But you ain't going to show up and be brave for this work that God has called us to. You know, it's not going to happen. That's not it. You can show up empowered by the power of God, Right? I tell you this all the time. People always, they swear I know something. I know nothing, right? I'm an ex-crook, criminal, scumbag to the max. I don't know what else to tell you. I know Jesus. Everything that's happened since then, like, they're like, man, you, you got nine kids. Y'all are crazy, bro. Like, you must really know what's going on. I don't know nothing. <laughs> nothing. I know Jesus Christ. I know faith. Our fear is not a sufficient excuse. He just swept the rug from up under it. And, he, and, and, and you have to understand, Paul is being intentional. He said, listen, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but, the, but of power and love and self-control. He's doing that because he knows fear very well. And he knows that what he's accomplished and the esteem behind the fact that he is Apostle Paul, it's not based out of him being fearless. It's based out of him getting his strength from the cross of Jesus Christ. So he's urging Timothy to do the same thing. He's telling him, like, homie, you ain't, you, you, it's a done deal if you, if you don't believe in that. But I'm saying for us personally, when fear, like, do not... Take the reins on your walk with God and try to navigate it with fear. Be aware, and then when you see fear, be like, I know what that talk is right there. I know what that is. When I started my business back in the day, I used to always have to ask my friends because I knew how fearful I was. I saw it in my family. I saw people with talents and gifts, and I saw how fear strangled it, right? And I knew it was in me. So sometimes I'll be talking and I'm like, yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, guys. I really don't think it's wise to do that. Like I was praying last night and I just felt like the Lord in my spirit was saying we shouldn't move. And then one of my buddies would be like, you're acting like a punk. That's fear talking. And God didn't tell you none of that. You, 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 it's showing. You got to have somebody call you out like that. Because fear, that, it, 
feel, do some poetry on you, have you believe in it. But, it, but it's not the case. You get what I'm saying? So you have to know it. You have to know your enemy. That's what Paul is telling him, like, homie, you are a soldier. This is what the enemy looks like, so make sure you're on point so when it shows up to check him. Fear is not something you digest and just let it be, right? Because he's given us power and love and self-control, right? So he's saying, don't accept anything that doesn't look like that because that's not God. Go back to what I told you in the beginning and get before the king and ask him to give you strength. All right? Does God have the credibility to lead you into battle? Does he? Do you really trust him to order your steps? Or do you have to have it your way or, 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 or do you trust them? It's not comfortable at all. It's gut-wrenching. But in it, God keeps proving himself to be God. He keeps proving himself faithful. That's the testimony that we're going to stand with at the end. He is faithful. Right? And if, you, and if we keep holding them back with fear and we're like, ah, you know, I just don't know this and that, da-da-da. No, I'm not going to do that because this and that, whatever. Your testimony is that you're faithful to being afraid. And not that that's not a real feeling, but I'm saying lean into the power of God because he is God. He's the king of kings and he loves you. He loves you, right? And he's called you for a work that's going to come found the world. That's what he's called you to do. Verse 4 says this, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. He calls civilian pursuits entanglement. In other words, your life is not your own, right? This is that real sobering place because we have this thing in Christianity now where we think like, yeah, I love God, you know, but it's my life. I do it how I want to do it, Right? And we, 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 we kind of come to God with a close-handed thing like, yeah, I'm rocking with you. Like, you're pretty cool, man, you know, but, yeah, I'm with you. I love the Lord, you know what I'm saying? But don't ask me for my life, though. Amen. Step one, day one is asking for your life. That's day one. Repentance. Dying to yourself is on day one. I just think we have to all be sober about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. You know what? I just want you to know, too, like, I'm preaching this the way I'm preaching it, not because I got this right. Like, I decided this morning, like, I was going to pick up this sermon and bang it on my head because I need it so bad. Because I need it so bad. I forget this. But God has such good waiting on us, and he has this eternal glory we're going to live in with them and rule and reign. And this little split life, man, like we got to, let's pour it out because he's good. But I get it. That's not going to make you do it. But what he's saying, strengthen yourself. Go back to the foot of the cross. Your transformation, your change, whatever sin easily besets you, whatever you're dealing with, says nothing about how much God loves you, right? He says the riches of his grace he has a mountain ready to just avalanche all over you. Just avalanche all over you. 
on your worst day, when you feel the most disgusting, and you're like, how am I going to talk to God right now? God, I'm filthy before you. He's like, that's when you, that's when you go back to what he said in the beginning. You start reading, well, why can't you talk to me based on what my word says? Well, your word says that you died for us while we were still in sin. Oh, you're in sin. So and you can talk to me. You start working through the gospel. You keep looking at the cross. I'm just trying to give you a practical sense of what it means. There's no part of this where God's like, get out of my face. You're nasty. That's, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Since he has, it's, it's, un, it's not comprehensible by the human mind that we could fail the way we do and that God's love could be so huge and deep and vast and big. It, it, it's, it's, man, what it does is you come back and do what Paul is telling Timothy to do. It starts to transform you. Not to like, God, what do I need to do to, 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 to mark off my checklist? But God, what do I get to do with this thing you're doing inside of me? Like, aim me somewhere, Lord. Where do I, who do I get to lavish with this thing you're doing inside of my heart? This thing that is giving me life when I should be dead. <coughs> All right. All right. Aim, to intend or direct for a particular effect or purpose. The soldier's aim is to please the one who enlisted him. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says this. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please God. So what pleases God? 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to try to hurry up, y'all. I'm running over time. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. <sighs> Boy. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Soldiers, that's your papers right there. Who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and, listen to this, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We have a beautiful message. It's for hostile territory. It's beautiful because the uglier it is, the more beautiful you see it as. It's not meant for the, just the, the good old folks or whatever to, to grab a hold of it. It's meant for the, the word says associate with the lowly. Everybody's lowly. Everybody. Everything else is just dressed up. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors, a.k.a. soldiers for Christ. Listen right here. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. How? The cross. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. That's it right there, right? So a lot of times we're like, man, I'm a Christian. I want to be a good Christian, right? I see people doing it all the time. 
but they actually won't move and they're stuck where they're at because they're so busy on trying to figure out how to be a good Christian, right? I'm going to show you how to be a good Christian right here, right? It says, God was reconciling the world to himself, not, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. The good news, Jesus died, the sacrifice, right? Forgiveness for sinners. We are all sinners. You can stand next to anybody you're preaching to and identify with them because you have sin as well, right? You are walking in the good news of God. They have not heard it, not received it, not believe it. You get to tell it. And if God grants them by his grace and mercy for their eyes to be open, boom, you're the top of the food chain as a Christian. What I'm trying to tell you is this right here. First day, you get to swing this sword of the gospel and start just taking off zombie heads. Period. Period. Like it's period. And I'm not saying don't be faithful to go deeper in the word and land more. Yes. But you ready to roll. You ready to roll. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've repented of your sins and you get that, you can lavish that on anybody. It's not your story. It's his story. We're talking about him. You may still be a mess. You can still talk about him. He loves I'm a mess, right? I'm a, a jacked up. And he still loves me. And, and he's transforming me. You can tell that story. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Paul's telling Timothy this, this right here because he's letting him know. He's saying the enlister makes the rules. God makes the rules, right? That's a slight warning to him, right? Because when you're getting weary and there's frustration and you feel fatigue and you get mad at people and you're sick of people and the church just does this and I wish people and I'm sick of all this stuff in there, you start to want to change the rules a bit. He's saying the athlete, when you run this race, you run by the rules that have been laid out, meaning you hold to this word, right? Verse 6 says, it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the, the elect, and they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with in eternal glory. So Paul is saying, I, am, I endure being bound for preaching a word that can't be bound. Why? For the sake of the elect, right? When I just hit 2 Corinthians 5 earlier, I said, God is making his appeal to us. And he's entrusting us this ministry of reconciliation. So Paul's letting him know, homie. You might think I'm talking big talk right now, and you might, be, you might have an inkling in your mind to go like, but you're in a jail cell, bro. Paul is like, this word of God ain't in no jail cell. Can't be, won't be. Right? That's what he's telling them. What Piper says about this statement right here, he's saying what he's saying to him. He's not saying that it's for the sake of the elect, meaning you don't have to do anything. He says you are the means by which God brings in the elect. And that's what you see in 2 Corinthians when he says making his appeal through us, right? That's why we preach the gospel. <clears throat> I'm going to end with this right here. Verse 11, 
says this, 2 Timothy 2 is where I'm at. I nodded and jumped all over the place. It says, the saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. What Paul is putting a cherry on top right now with is this thing of verse 11 if we have died with him, we, we will also live with him. He's saying, brother, remember this. As you die to yourself, there's an eternal hope waiting for you. Stay rooted in that fact, right? Stay enriched by the idea that God has already won this battle. He's already given you everything, right? And you're going to spend eternity with him. You will live with him. If you endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That, that last statement right there is basically Paul telling Timothy, listen, no matter what you choose to do, God is still God at the end of the day. And make sure you wrestle with that. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you've ever... Um, if you've ever had a moment inside of your walk as a believer where you come to this place where you're like, you just experience some trauma in the middle of it and you literally start, you know, you're like, I would never, you know, turn my back on God. And you start feeling tired and you actually get crazy enough to feel like you're ready to walk out the door. And then when you get there, you're like, where am I going? Where am I going to go? He, he's still God. He's still the king. I know the world is in his hands, and I can't even play a game with that. I know, I know that. That's what he's telling them. He's putting an exclamation point on it. <coughs> he's putting an exclamation point on his statement. He's God. No matter what you choose to do, he's still God. Can't nothing stop this work. Always know it's bigger than you. Always stay humble in the fact of knowing that there's a sovereign God that can't be stopped whose plans and will will come to fruition above you and on your side and has your back. Church, I want to leave you with that. Man, we're soldiers. We're soldiers. I don't know if you see it like that, but that's the way Paul says it. It's the Bible. It's the gospel. It is what it is. And so I'm saying that for us to all digest that and let God do what he does, whatever. Paul told him in one part on it, he says, yeah, God will give you understanding of that. Wrestle with that. What is your responsibility in that? What is God calling you to as a believer, as a child of God, as a soldier, right? What does it look like for you to stay in the hot part of the battle? Not on the sidelines, spectating, going, talking about what's going on, but actually in the middle of it. In the part of it where people actually bleeding, getting hurt, so you have a real sober perspective and then strengthen yourself with the gospel as he reveals all type of amazing things to you.